listening to Media Sales Mojo. I'm Philip Gabbard. And I'm Dave Burke. Thanks for tuning in today. This is the podcast for Broadcast Media Sales Professionals. And Phil, I know that this is yeah. your first day here at our station. Yeah, and the newbie. Uh, yeah, this is awesome. I'm glad you're here. We have an assignment for you. I have this Thanks. list of businesses. Okay. These are, these are leads for you with phone numbers. Great. Now, these are businesses we've not yet been able to break through and get oh. an appointment. So I want you to call each of these hmm. on here. There's, a, there's probably, let me take a look here. There's probably 300 <laughs> businesses, and I want you to call each of them. See if you can get an appointment. If Holy. you do, I'll go with you, but uh, give them all a call and, and see how you do. All right? Good luck. Stop, stop. You just you just sent me back to 1991. <laughs> or it could have been two weeks ago, the way that uh, the way that cold calling happens. This not, is a, not a lot has changed, though. Not a lot has changed, Dave. No, I know. This is my point, is that it's still a, an important part of finding prospects, separating suspects from prospects, trying to get yes. appointments. We have to be skilled in this, yet the training and the review of how we do this very, very often is completely lacking. And That's so, exactly right. Cold calls are, are a vital part of our business, and, and Dave and I just thought that we needed to tackle this. Again, I, I, Dave and I, as you can only imagine, talk a lot offline, and, and we isolate elements that are our sore points in the business that we observe, the business that we see, the business that is conducted. And cold calls is not going to go away ever. And Dave, you and I are going to get wildly opinionated about these practices, but this is a skill set that is easily improved upon. Well, I think so too. Uh, And there are some things that we'll cover later in this in this podcast that you can do specifically. But Phil, let me ask you this uh, as we get started here. Okay. When you uh, were at the agency and running the agency, you're handling big national accounts. Mm-hmm. I'm certain you were getting calls from all over the country, from salespeople, from, from radio and television. Were there, were there cold calls that you received that really separated themselves from the vast majority? Which kind of calls that you got from account executives around the country really stood out to you as the, the as calls that were much more valuable in your mind than than the rest of them well we certainly got our share of calls so i i'll, I'll begin with saying what is the reason they're calling and so you know somebody who's sourcing me as a person to contact they might have heard me on the air i've apparently came up on somebody's list of to-dos and like you said here's your phone book here's that crumpled up piece of paper that we've had no success with it's your turn to call so i have taken a a ton of calls from people who quite honestly dave are unfocused and not in tune with you know are, are are not merging with me at a at a point where i am having any familiarity with who they are and so they really come off as unfocused, ill-prepared, and have no understanding of my business yet. So how that, how that looks to me is somebody is going to call and really talk about themselves, how great they are, how number one they are, or try to get uh, like some, some anchor or a foot in the door just so we can have continued conversations. I, I come from this position of being an old sales manager and, and sales trainer that I understand and I can empathize with them. So I can be a little forgiving and I can kind of be tough on them too. But it's almost for me, if you were calling on me, you better consider yourself lucky because 
I might play with you and work with you. And I don't think the vast majority of people who are calling on new businesses are going to get that luxury. No, I think you're right, especially on local direct businesses where, you know, the, the, the person that you're talking to is trying to run a company and, and, you know, doesn't have a lot of time on the phone. I've done a lot of formalized cold call training for sales right. staffs. Um, it, it, it's really interesting to me to see how quickly people can get better at this once they really listen to themselves on a call. So how do you do it? How, well, how, did, how, did, how did you do it, Dave? I would have teams actually call me at the office and leave voicemails for me. So they're, uh, they're making a live call to you. Live call. I'm not here. I'm not going to answer it. I want it to go to voicemail and I want them to leave a message for me to try to get an appointment with me. That's pretty nice because I'm sure everyone that called you and left you a message, I guarantee you called them back. But that's not going to happen in real life, is it? (laughs) Well, no. um, It's, you know, if if you've been on the phone enough as an AE, as as most of our teams have, you know that it's it's difficult to break through. You know, you feel lucky when you actually get a live person on the phone. Right. And then... What do you say to that person to, to try to get the appointment? It's difficult. It's much more difficult to try to do something on voicemail because the voicemail gets deleted 95% of the time. It's been my experience, even before the message is fully played. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in my sales training seminars, uh, I will often demonstrate to the people in the audience how voicemails are received by your businesses, you know. For example, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm running a furniture business. I get to the office. I push my phone because it says that I have five voicemails. And the thing, you know, the, the thing says, you have five new voicemails. Beep. Voicemail right. number, message number one. Uh, hi, this is uh, Dave from uh, Country 97.5. You know, we have, boop, message deleted. Right. That's what happens. Your, your message isn't even heard. And so it's very difficult on voicemail to try to get something returned. And oftentimes that's the reason. So, well, you know, I we think have, we're we making, have to change that paradigm. I agree. And I think we're, we're talking about first contact. And, and since you and I started in this business, literally at a point where there was, were still phone books, Dave, think about that one. Technology has changed. Phone habits, phone usage went from office phone to now if you're calling somebody more times than not on a cell phone. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to be cognizant of that. You're not always calling somebody's office line. And we're, we're really trying to establish first contact. So we first need to recognize that the game has changed. And so old ideas of cold calling still exist, but we have to interface with the new technology and where we might be meeting people for the first time. Again, first contact is critical. And so there's that old adage, Dave, of you only get one chance to make a first impression. So we need to be cognizant of technology that has changed and where we might be intersecting with somebody during their day, Mm -hmm. uh, how we found them or how we came in contact with them. But to digress a little bit, validity, validity for the call is paramount. And I think most account managers who are, are initiating these first contacts, before you take any lesson from your manager of saying, you know, who's asked you to make these calls, 
is to do some research. Yeah, I agree with think. you. I, I think that's really important. Yeah, you got to dive into some historical understandings. Ask other AEs who've called in, like, oh, that guy's crazy. Don't call him. Or, hey, he's going to yell, or she's going to be rude, or, you know, you're going to meet all kinds uh, going through this process, but it cannot dissuade you. And how you can improve is by first getting a historical understanding of who in the heck you were calling. Now, before you get all you know shut down because I'm I'm doing research, I'm I'm finding out who in the hell Dave Burke is and what he's done. At some point, you're going to have to make the call. And from my own personal experience, and and I still make cold calls to this day, first contact calls, introductory calls, all types of calls. I want to make sure that I've got a good uh, body position and, you know, interest level. And I come off with an engaging energy level that might hopefully connect because that's what we're really trying to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the research, you know, you could obviously be talking to your colleagues about it. The, The very least of which you can go to the websites of the clients and go to, you know, take a look at what they're doing and what they're selling, a little bit of the history of the company. You can look at LinkedIn. You can look at the executives of the country uh, company and get a little bit of uh, background there. You can do a lot of different things to have a sense of what it is that they're trying to do. And then, of course, what I like to do is also then research their competitors. Who's oh, the yeah. main competitor hey, that's of great. that company? What are they trying to do? Just so I have a feel for their world before I make first contact. Who are they going mm-hmm. up against? Kind of where are they in the mix of all of that? Uh, are they the leader? Are they, are they the laggard? Are they somewhere in the middle? Just from my own perspective, I could be off, but at least I have some sense of who it is I'm talking to and what they're up against. I think that's an important part. Dave, how do you feel about scripting? Well, I, I think having, and, and it, it's sort of, I don't know, I, you know, it's funny when I talk about this, about cold calling, because people will raise their eyebrows and go, you know, I'm, I'm glib, I'm engaging, I'm a sales guy, do I really need a script? And my answer about cold calls is, at least initially, yes. Write it down. Write down how you mm. want to talk on your first contact, which I I really like versus cold calling. The trick is to make the call sound unscripted, but have a guideline, have a, if you want to call it a script, if you want to call it an outline, whatever you want to call it, have something you can follow so that your first contact is focused, on point, doesn't get lost, and you get your point across quickly to see if there's any interest from the client. Yeah, you because know, that, here's what you're going to run into. You're going to run into a gatekeeper. You're going to run into a voice machine. You're going to run into the client actually picking up the call and going, yeah, what do you want? Right. So having some preparedness is going to point you in a different direction because we talk, you know, we need to be prepared to talk to people uh, differently. You know, when you're calling uh, Tracy Gonzalez, and a man answers and says, "Hey, this is Tracy." You might yeah. get stumped, going, "Hey, man, I thought that was a. I thought I was calling a woman." Um, right. There's some things that can, that are, in my opinion, are should be manageable or first known with a little bit of research and a lot of preparedness. And let that be the lesson, because you're going to get your ass kicked a, a few times on some of these calls, and you know you're in the wrong business if if you can't take those lumps. But 
how many times can you get hit in the head, you know, the head with a hammer before you understand, hey, maybe I should warm up a call. So if we're going to deal with a gatekeeper or a new business, or let's say this is an advertiser that has done business or, you know, that has, has, has a history or an experience with your, your station or group of stations, what could we do to warm up that call? So earlier I talked about valid business reasons, but there are certain pitfalls that you will invariably run into if you don't figure out ways to get a smoother introduction. So Dave, what would you suggest to, to warm up a call? What are ways that we can make these first introductions not so cold? Well, a couple of things. First off, if you know somebody who knows this client and you make contact with them and say, hey, I'm, I'm going to call Phil over at Phil's Furniture and talk to him about our station. Can I, can I mention that, uh, that you and I know each other? I know you know him. Can I, can so I mention So name that? drop? I, well, at least a little bit because, again, you're, you're taking down that guard a little bit. Hey, Phil, this is Dave. I'm a friend of, of Bob Jones over here, and I know Bob knows you. Mm-hmm. J- just that alone will buy you a little bit more time. But I right. think even more so for me, because that that's not going to always be available to you, even more so for me, what I want to try to do on, a, on, a, on an introductory call, on a first contact call, is try to offer some value to the client before I ask for anything. This is one of the things that I personally try to do and recommend in, in the uh, training seminars I conduct is to offer value before expecting value. So by doing some research and by looking at some things that the client's business might have, you might be able to say, hey, uh, Mr. Jones, my name is Dave. I'm a marketing expert. And I was looking at your category of furniture and realized that the people that live in this community are going to spend $60 million in the next six months on furniture and home goods that you happen to sell, which is about 10% higher than it's been over the last five years. I think this really, this is great news for you. And I'd like to sit down and talk to you about how we might be able to help you get your unfair share of that. Right. So right away, if you're so, the what have you communicated? Owner, yeah, what have you communicated there, Dave? Well, to the points that you made earlier, focus, preparedness, and value. I'm on your side. Here's info that I've done research on that I think might help you. Yeah, and, and I so haven't you asked think, you for anything. Right. So if you think of it like this, here's what I want you to know. Here's how I want you to feel about it. And here's what I want you to do. Those, those elements you just conveyed. I yeah. conveyed, uh, you know, this client understands, like, here's what this guy's prepared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, somebody that, I wanna, this is somebody I might want to work with. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't in, you know, insult me. Again, you're going to run into all different personality types. And who I think, before, before you start making calls, and quite honestly, I, we all want Dave Burke to show up on, you know, uh, you know, with that kind of a address. But if you come off overly cocky or confident, or wanting want to drive a first contact on your charming personality, it might not be well received. I think what is more of a universal acceptance, it's somebody who can communicate. I have thought before I dialed. Yeah. I have thought before I made first contact. I might, I might have warmed this up with a letter, a note, mm-hmm. a drop by my business card, and, and can I call you on Tuesday? Can I ask a, a salesperson to make the introduction 
to you if we're in the same city. Can I, can I get a referral from somebody from LinkedIn? There should be a lot of different valid business reasons for me to make first contact with you. So cold is a tough nut to crack because cold means you better be prepared. And I hate to say it, but they do say it's a numbers game. How you make the numbers work in your favor is preparation. Yeah, I agree. The other item that I would also include on that, because we do have a tendency to get shoved out the door quickly, if you lead with, I'm with, you know, Rock 98, or I'm with whatever it might be, I want to keep that until later in the call. I'm a marketing consultant. I'm a marketing pro. Here's what I know. Here's what I've discovered. Here's how I think I might be able to help you. I'm with News 7. Can we meet? And let's be real. Let's be real. Yeah. Instead of starting with it and getting booted. Yeah. Let's be real. You are calling on somebody who likely knows you exist, that there is a radio XYZ or TV ABC because they are in the market of purchasing media. This is why you're calling them. So thinking that your flagship call letters are going to be the thing that breaks through the ice is terribly is a terrible misgiving because they know who you are are likely what you are about so i would say pitfalls to avoid in in, in this context is really talking about yourself it's it you've got to demonstrate i have i am thoughtful i am caring enough to have done preparatory work before i made first contact first contact and, and the reason why we do cold calls and, and, and why they are such a vital and, and existential part of our business is because this is how new business is generated and invigorated. And for people who don't do this well, Dave, the result is I make less cold calls. I make less first contacts. And that is detrimental to anybody's business. I don't care if you're in the agency business or in, in the media business any business we've got to initiate and make first contact our well, network and if you're not doing ahead. it well you you don't want to do it you know to your point That's, you end up you end up doing yeah. fewer of them um, yeah and so we have to be good at this this is something that is part and parcel to our success and yet that's I, why I, we said it at the beginning dave it's 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 the delta that you know hey here's the phone book now you got a couple accounts on the air so i quit making these calls no yeah, no no that's all we talk about there's going to be attrition and, and a dozen different reasons why you need to keep that funnel full. And that, again, not caring what business industry you're in. And if you're and better at it, you'll get more You'll get more appointments, you'll get more return yeah. calls. So, Phil, at the end of this, uh, I, I just want you to send me a media kit and we'll call it good. <laughs> <laughs> That's how a lot Hello, of these calls Hello, this is Phil Gabbard. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sir, are you there? You're yeah, there? Uh, you hung up yeah, just me. send me a media kit. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Dave, I think we did a good job today. Uh, and, and for everybody that listens, you know, give Dave and I a challenge. You can always contact us at askus at mediasalesmojo.com. But seriously, throw us a question. We'll work through it. That's right. If you have a topic you want to hear us talk about or a particular challenge, let us know. Phil, thanks so much. Uh, it was always, uh, it's always great to be uh, hanging out with you and talking business. Good conversation. Good yeah, conversation. Thanks. And thanks to all of you for listening to Media Sales Mojo, the podcast for broadcast media sales professionals. 
You have been listening to Media Sales Mojo with Philip Gabbard and Dave Burke, two of the media industry's most experienced and creative media sales trainers, coaches, and thought leaders. Follow Dave and Phil socially on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Media Sales Mojo and sign in to receive your month's sales mojo message full of actionable, teachable, usable, and doable media sales tips and training to increase your sales mojo. Send your questions anytime to ask us at mediasalesmojo.com and don't miss a mojo minute. Subscribe and never miss out on your Media Sales Mojo podcast. Happy selling.